The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles. All fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Elliot Serrano, Chicago's King of Geeks, and one of your hosts here on Top Men, an Indiana Jones podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, we're back for one last ride, at least through the indie movie universe, uh, with uh, today's crew looking at Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This one's going to be a little bit different because all our previous shows have been about films that have been released for some time and we were comparing the first time we saw the film versus the most recent time we saw it this time we're actually going to be talking about a film in theaters which is a little bit outside of what we normally do and it will be a spoiler filled discussion so we're going to want you folks uh to be mindful of that if you have not yet seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, we'll, before we get into spoiler discussions, um, well, we'll do the intros and we'll warn you when the spoilers are to come. So before I jibber-jabber anymore, let's bring in the rest of the top men first. He is uh, the founder and regular host of Caffeinated Comics, the show that hosts top men in Indiana Jones podcast, as well as the MCU Review he is John Clark. How are you doing, John? Hey, Elliot. How are you? It's been a while. Haven't you, talked in a bit. You sound more NPR than AM today. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Uh, it's been a very long weekend. I am I am dealing with a hell of a headache <laughs> and very little sleep. <laughs> so, Is it the years of the mileage, Elliot? Yes, both. Yes. So um, I'm feeling very much like Indy at the end of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Shh, I'm not going to say anymore. Again, for already those, said spoilers. Already said spoilers. Uh, we also have uh, the uh, my regular co-host on the show that preceded both MCU and Top Men. That would be the shaken, not heard, James Bond fan cast. Uh, and our resident James Bond expert, Dave Pino. How you doing, Dave? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Well, you've already heard how I'm doing. I haven't asked John how he's doing. Yeah, Dave, your energy level is at Elliot's level, and I'm not coming down. So you guys are going to have to come up <laughs> at least halfway. <laughs> this is a new movie. It's yeah. a new movie, yes. And, I, and John, I remember we talked about this. We talked about how all of us have, like, we tend to be at a certain level unlike other podcasts where the guys are like screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and going after each other. You know? Yes. I remember we, the three of us had a conversation at wild battle where, where we said we need to start yelling over each other. We will. In fact, um, shut up. I, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I have uh, just to add someone to yell at, and I, I love yelling at him because generally whenever he talks about indie movies, I get mad. <laughs> he is our resident mixologist and the keeper of review cocktails, Tom Jetner. How you doing, Tom? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. Uh, got my uh, dog here. He's uh, hanging out with us a little bit today. So if you see him poke his head out, he's right over there. 
I'm a little mad at you, Tom. Why? What did I do this time? Uh, you didn't go into the White Sox game and get me a oh. uh, bobblehead. Oh. Well, I, you know, I have two kids, so blame Dave for that, you know. <laughs> well, I'll let you off the hook because I am a Cubs fan, so that's fine. That's fine. My excuse is that I'm completely apathetic towards the team this year. So towards the team, I don't blame you. They, they. My they... excuse is that I got my girlfriend the Funko Pops, and that's all the bobble you're getting. It's all the bobble. Oh, oh I had the Last Crusade retro for you. That's what I got. This is, I'm holding this hostage. Ah, that's right. You've got mine. Thank you. Somewhere yeah. out there. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, our, our guest, our special guest this evening uh, is someone who puts all our Indiana Jones collections to shame. I'm going to tell you, I've been following him on social media and I reached out to him and I told him, dude, your collection has me seething with envy. It is practically a museum of Indiana Jones memorabilia. If you've been following the release of the movies, if you've been following Lucasfilm, this guy even had Harrison Ford respond to a comment of his on social media. Our special guest today is Alex Arnold. Alex! <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Can I tell you something? Um, you are living the life right now. You I, are- I, I don't even feel like I'm living life right now. It's been so crazy. <laughs> uh, this- but it is, it's been a lot of fun following you. It's been a lot of fun following uh, like all the adventures you've been having. I know you were at the, were you at the Los Angeles premiere of, yes. of, 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 of Dial of Destiny? I think you got to see Harrison Ford up close and personal. On the, on the I got carpet. to see Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas. James Mangold actually recognized me. Uh, I was like the only person he really took a picture with came up to me. He's like, it's Alex, right? And I'm, I lost it at that point. Wow. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a crazy couple weeks right now. Well, that's been pretty cool. I know you've also been doing a local media. You've been on uh, the news on the news, right? Yeah, the uh, the news reached out to me. They really liked my story, and so they did a little segment on me and my collection and my experience for the last couple of weeks. So it's 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 been a lot of fun. Now, Alex, for those, I'd love to hear more about your story because I've been Ellie and I have both been following you. So we can see behind you, there's basically more of an Indiana Jones collection than any of us have just <laughs> in the frame of your phone. Yes. I now, got this guy uh, too you, over here. Oh, good. <laughs> I just got <laughs> <laughs> Now I know you've, you've been, you had been posting up to the movie about new acquisitions. How old would you say is your collection? Do you have a lot of stuff? from the original movies that you kept and brought back out? Or is this like Dial of Destiny is coming out and I am buying everything? I've been collecting. I've been a hardcore collector, I guess you could say, for probably about six or seven years uh, that I've really been collecting and that I got into it. But I've had things practically my whole life. And it all really started with my uncle, who was a blockbuster regional manager. And he brought out the cups that blockbuster was giving out a while back and that's really what kind of set me off about six seven years ago those cups which i do believe um i've got one of those that's it yes yeah yeah i have i still have my raiders three of them didn't survive a mood but it's got a tan rectangle now because they're not (laughs) dishwasher safe and i'm too lazy to hand wash them (laughs) 
would have yeah, been part no, of that, that whole Crystal Skull wave, which would have been the last time anyone really stocked Indiana Jones stuff until now. Yeah, no, it's been a good 13, 14, 15 years since uh, we had some really good merch coming out. Uh, since the movie was announced back in 2016, I believe in March, I've been kind of saving since then because I knew this stuff was going to be coming out and I'm gonna, I was going to have to have it all. So. Yeah, it's something I say to Elliot all the time as as wave upon wave of merchandise is coming out. I've been buying everything, at least uh, certainly from the action figure perspective. And Elliot's mm. like, yeah, maybe this, maybe that. And I was like, in three months, you will not have a choice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all out now. It's mm -hmm. going to be a feeding frenzy. And by Christmas, it will be on eBay. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been stocking up, especially now that Target has these had this clearance going on with uh, – all their figures and stuff. I've been buying multiples of them. Yeah. I, I've been buying a retro set to open now because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, cause they're the price figures actually used to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I've before all that, I bought pretty much two of everything that I really could. And now I'm like, well, now I'm going to have like four or five of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, you've got, uh, you've got a son, right? Yes. My son, Liam and my daughter, Charlotte. Okay, so you've got kids. That means you need to have plenty of indie stuff to share with them. Oh, how, old, how old is your son? He's 10. Okay. Yeah, my, my youngest is 10, and he kind of gets Indiana Jones. Yeah, they've they've kind of they've seen all this. Obviously, they're not as huge as fans as I am, but my son's actually been kind of picking up on it more, and we went to go see it again on on Sunday in 40X, which was fantastic. <laughs> And I think today's the last day they're showing it in 40X. That was yeah. that was a crazy experience. And what did he think? He loved it. Loved it. So as I, I'm up to, I've seen it several times now, but that was the most fun because the seats move, you get the smells, like when the, the smoke and the fires are going, you get that burning smell. I was like, I hope wow. this actually isn't the seat that's on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Disney World attraction. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was awesome. It was definitely an experience. Oh, that's amazing. So. And, uh, uh, Alex, uh, I know when we were uh, exchanging on uh, social media about your appearance, you said, well, I've got um, I got to make sure I'm out of surgery before I come on your show. So uh, are you a brain surgeon or, or am I no. something here? You know, no. I, don't, I, don't, I sure hope there isn't a patient that's been waiting on you. <laughs> no, I, I assume you're being operated on. But I like. No, no, I wasn't getting operated on. Operating on other people, I feel yeah. like you, you have a high esteem of Alex Arnold. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a registered nurse and I oh, work no. in surgery. Which actually, we did do some brain surgeries today. Wow. So funny you mentioned that. So um, it, it just my schedule is our ten hour days, but sometimes you know, obviously, if there's an emergency, I'm not going to leave and do that. If they need extra hands. I'm I'm there. So luckily, it it worked out today. Well, we really appreciate you being here this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. With us. And again, it's great to have another fan on, on the show. Absolutely. All right. So thank you, everyone who's watching us right now on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on Twitch TV. If you're watching us on the MCU Review YouTube page, remember, the page lies. So if you if you go to the MCU <laughs> Review page, uh, and you just land on the main page, it's going to say that there's no content here, which is not true. You have to click on the live tab and you will see all the episodes of not only Top Men, but also the MCU review where we've even started off with, um, uh, well, all the MCU movies starting with Iron Man to present. I think uh, we left off with 
Endgame. Endgame, right? Then when we dive back into the MCU, we're going to be going with um, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, correct? Correct, yes. Uh, but today we're going to be finishing off the Indiana Jones uh, Quintology? Is that what it is now? Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Is there five? Yep. Now, Alex, if you've never listened to the show before, what we would what we would lead off with in the beginning would be our two minute review. Uh, but that was generally what we were what we were doing was each of uh, the panelists would talk about the movie the first time they saw it and how they compared it uh, to the most recent time. So we would like like with Raiders, it was a long time ago when it first came out. We wanted to make sure it was fresh in our minds before we came on air and just wanted to have a comparison. Dial of Destiny is a new creature, right? This yep. one just came out, and this is the first time we're talking about a movie in theater. So we're going to do something a little bit different here. And it's just real quick, a real easy one. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Do you say we see it in a theater or wait for streaming? I know there's a lot of folks who have a lot of different opinions on the internet. So let's go around the horn. Uh, start with you, John. See it in the theater. Definitely. Especially to combat the stories online, because after the can preview preview uh people were saying this is terrible it's awful don't go see it it also cost 300 million dollars so a lot of people have to see this for it not to be seen as uh as a disappointment and it's worth it what i'm seeing now on social media is a lot of people seeing it this week and going actually this is really good and i really like it so it's not it it's moved away from the stink of say something like the flash where people were like i I don't know what was going on in that movie (laughs) but it seems like this People are realizing this is a high quality film and we'll get into the, our individual reviews of it. But I feel like if, if ever a blockbuster needed your support, this is the one. Uh, uh, long, I didn't think I'd be hearing the stink of the flash on, tonight, on today's show. <laughs> you know, I, I, have had, I have had two people reach out to me and say, what did you think of the flash? And my stock answer is I won't see it. And Indiana Jones is good. (laughs) Speaking of the stink of the flash, Dave. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, definitely see this in theaters. I mean, this is a kind of movie where like, uh, you know, I, I go back to the bond movies when there was a push for no time to die, kept getting delayed and delayed, delayed because of COVID and uh, they're like, oh, just release it on streaming. And it's like, there's no way in hell I would have wanted to experience that movie, any Bond movie for that matter, for the first time, um, you know, on, in, in my living room. You know, that's that's a movie you see in a theater with a packed house on a Friday night or whatever it is with a bunch of people cheering and everything. And, um, you know, Indiana Jones is just like that. Like, I, I would have, even if it got unanimously horrible reviews, like, I'm going to judge this for my, you know, for myself in seat in theaters, it's just it's the type of movie that's made to be seen in theaters. So absolutely, go see this if you haven't seen it yet. Alex, I think I know where you're going to go with this. <laughs> absolutely, see it in theaters. I would say the first 25 minutes alone is worth seeing in theaters and worth the ticket price to me. Uh, so I that's like like Dave said, this is not a movie to be missed, you know, and to be watched at home. This is made. This is what movies were made for you know, for the movie theaters. So I absolutely 100% urge everyone to go see it in theaters multiple times if you can. <laughs> Tom. See it in theaters. Uh, I think it's, uh, my experience was 
very interesting because I saw it Friday night and a late show was on 930. It was when, when I could, you know, when I had the time uh, to go see it. And it was a nearly empty theater. Um, and it was really, really good. So it's 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 at that point. As I was thinking of just now, of like if, if I'm equating it with a sports reference, it's like going to see the Chicago Blackhawks in like 2008, 2009, when there were maybe thirteen thousand people sitting in the stands, and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were on the ice, and you could get in for like fifteen dollars. The return of investment is is very high you can go in and have a wonderful movie going experience and i have a feeling that later if you go and catch it on streaming you're going to say like you know it's like and i feel like as word of mouth more positive word of mouth goes around about this movie and because i i've been saying that i telling people that i really enjoyed the movie um you're gonna i think wish you would have seen it in theaters if you wind up waiting for streaming so that's that's my attitude on I can't believe that there's anybody who's going to call themselves an Indiana Jones fan and is going to even even consider waiting until it's uh, it's in the on streaming or on video. Like like you said, Dave, it doesn't really matter. It's this is a movie that first that we've all been waiting for for God knows what fifteen years, if anything. And um, and I I was very. I did not care for any of the reviews. I did not care. I didn't listen. I, I I took them all with a whole shaker full of salt because everyone knows, if anything, negativity sells on the internet. And uh, and if that's that's how you would get your clicks, that's how you get your YouTube views. I didn't want they listen to it. I didn't care. And if there's anything that made me happy, it was seeing how much better this movie was than all the randos. And the negatives and the tr- negative Nellies and the trolls were saying it was going to be. So, yes, definitely see the theater. Although, Dave, you're going to love this. Uh, this time, I can't blame you. I had yet another <sighs> incident going to see a movie. <laughs> see, for folks who, if you didn't watch um, Shake and Not Heard, when Dave and I did go see No Time to Die, um, and I'm calling, actually, I'm calling Dial of Destiny the No Time to Die of Indiana Jones. <clears throat> the, um, the There were technical difficulties at the theater. So it kept us, kept Dave and I from being able to see the movie together because what happened? The the camera overheated or something? The kid who something was running it? The projector exploded or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a fire. There was a fire. So we couldn't see it, and then we ended up seeing it elsewhere. And then I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with my girlfriend, and we were in the theater, and the freaking just as Peter Quill and that, that doctor from the High Evolutionaries lab hit the ground in that one big scene, the, the, talking, the entire theater went black. It went dark. Like the, the camera just shut down. And I thought, oh, my God. Is this part of the movie? Did like James Gunn do like uh, like Brian Johnson and in, in, in Last Jedi, you know, where, where there's no sound and this one there's no picture? <laughs> no, the camera just shut off. And then I go to see friend. Dial of Destiny in Davenport, freaking Davenport, Iowa, so I can again see it with my girlfriend, see it in an IMAX screen, and get one of those um 
Indiana Jones uh, popcorn tins that are only at Cinemark. Alex, you've got some of those, right? I do. I got uh, a friend of mine just got me the other one, too. I got a. Well, anyway. These two right here. Oh, cool. Yeah. See, well, see I know oh, you get them. Well, here's the thing the Cinemark I went to didn't have them. If anything, they had all the Barbie popcorn tubs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they have the Indiana Jones ones. <laughs> Oh, and man. here I am walking in wearing my Indiana Jones Roosevelt shirt. You know, you've got those. I think aren't you wearing one now? I'm, we- Alex? I'm wearing the the Denver one, the Denver exclusive that I just got. There you go. Uh, and I'm wearing my fedora. And I'm going to the pop. I'm going up to the concession stand, and I go to guy. Do you have the Indiana Jones popcorn buckets? And he looked at me like I had an eye coming out of my forehead. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Oh, man. And then the movie starts, and I'm watching it on their big IMAX screen, which is great, but uh, the house lights didn't go down for the first 10 minutes of the movie. Ah. <laughs> which you need the house lights down because all so much happens in the dark, oh, you know, man. in that first section. Mm-hmm. So, again, I can't seem to go to these premieres without something happening. <laughs> but anyway, but still, despite all that, I say, see it in... <laughs> A theater. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Lehman. Thank you, everyone who is watching again on our Facebook Live, on our YouTube page. Uh, thank you for the hearts and for the comments or the laughing at my adventures in watching films and the technical difficulties on our tender hair. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, uh, Tom. Uh, just like all our MCU movies and just like every Indiana Jones film, you have created a custom cocktail uh, to commemorate this film. And I do believe uh, you created one for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You want to tell us about it? Yes, I would. Uh, so this is, uh, let's see if I can get better light in here. Oh, well. Uh, Hold on. Well, I- I will put it up on the screen. Oh, there we go. Okay. So uh, this is the uh, Manhattan of Destiny. Um, Since uh, a big chunk of uh, this movie takes place in Manhattan, that kind of seemed like an obvious place to go. And uh, with a little bit of research uh, into the history of the Manhattan, uh, thanks to uh, David Wondrich's wonderful book, Imbibe, I learned about some early versions of the Manhattan that involved this mix of uh, dry vermouth or French vermouth with uh, gum syrup, which is just a simple syrup with gum Arabic added to it for the texture. And then that falls by the wayside by the end of the 19th century and you get into the standard Angostura bitters, uh, sweet Italian vermouth, and uh, rye whiskey combination that uh, kind of makes the Manhattan what it is today. But I thought, you know, what if you were someone with an unhealthy attachment to the dry vermouth gum syrup combination and you had access to the dial of Archimedes? What would you do with that information? So I kind of came up with an alternative uh history or improved version of that uh, original Manhattan. In fact, uh, this practice of adding absinthe and uh, orange uh, curacao to or, uh, or orange liqueur 
to any drink is often called improving it. Now, there's the improved whiskey cocktail, which is just an old fashioned with absinthe and orange curacao added. And I believe I now have a reels of putting the final touches on this drink that is up on the Instagram page for everyone to check out. Dave, you know, you were asked, did you successfully make the drink or did you uh, fall down uh, the wrong ouzo hole on this one? <laughs> uh, I successfully made it. The only thing as I was texting Tom before this, um, I didn't want to drop like 50 bucks on a bottle of absinthe because I don't really care for absinthe and probably would never drink it again. So I found uh, ouzo is not the, the most, the best substitute, but they're both uh, anise based. So um, yes. you get that sort of aroma when you when you lift the, the glass to your lips. So I think it kind of gets the point across. I think I think that probably works. I usually go for the uh, small 200 milliliter bottle of uh, St. George absinthe. And that usually That's what I was to find at my local uh, Binnie's, which is just around the corner. And they were they were out of it. Otherwise, oh. I would have sprung for a 20, 20 buck bottle of absinthe, but they didn't have it. You can also go for, if uh, absinthe is not your thing, you can get uh, Pernod or uh, other herb saints. Um, okay. That's what the uh, French absinthe makers did in the early 20th century after absinthe was officially banned uh, mm -hmm. after, uh, after a moral panic over the Green Fairy and things like that. So, <laughs> uh, And lots of uh, rumors about absinthe making you hallucinate. It doesn't make you hallucinate. Uh, <laughs> Unless you have like five or six of them, and then you should probably go to a hospital. I've had Guinness have me hallucinate, so really, it's just a, the amount of volume. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a question of the volume. So, Dave, what's the what's the taste test on this one? It's um, it's really nice, uh, nice and smooth. Um, I think it's the thing that I'm probably tasting most, which I probably shouldn't be, but is the the bitters. Um, hmm. But everything else is, you know, nicely balanced. I know. I noticed my, if you could see here, uh, the picture that you you post on the, on the Instagram pages. It's a lot more of a, of a vivid red color than what I've got going on here. So I don't know if it's. Uh, no, that looks about right. That looks should be kind of a pinkish. I've got a candle burning behind there, so I've got a little. Oh, bit maybe that's what that. it is. Okay, that's what it is. So. But that's, uh, I think you have actually managed to taste all five Indiana Jones drinks that we've had on the show. Do you have a I power did. ranking yeah. before we, to kind of close out? Oh, geez. Um, I would have to go back and refresh my memory of what each one was. And then I can get, I can get, get <laughs> I can get back to you on that. But for right now, this one is, is doing the job. This okay, great. You like blood and bubbles though, didn't you, Dave? What's that? Blood and bubbles. That was the Temple of Doom drink. Which is the champagne? Yeah, the champagne cocktail was for Temple of Doom. And yes. then we had the, uh, all of them. the date mint julep. Uh that's I know that's Elliot's favorite. That's my favorite. That's yep. Raiders. The, the good that was date. the first one, yep. right? Yeah. That was the first one. Yep. And then we did the the champagne cocktail for Temple of Doom. And then we did the uh the Aperol Boulevardier for uh Last Crusade. Uh, and then we did uh, we did that uh, blue, the crystal sour. Yes, the pisco. Yeah, the blue pisco sour. Yeah, yeah. I still have John's in my fridge at, at the office. So if he ever wants to, <laughs> I think yeah, I have my Thor the Dark World drink. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I actually I just remembered that I have my uh, my blue crystal sour in my fridge. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I need to, I should have been drinking that. Uh, Alex, apologies that we can't get you one of these drinks uh, because we can't. I'm gonna have to look up this menu here and try it myself. This yeah. isn't the, the, if you have if you have dry vermouth in your house, dry vermouth and bourbon, or any kind of whiskey in your house, you should be able to kind of pull this off. So okay, um, the, it's the dry curacao is basically any orange liqueur. You can you can sub out with. It's going to be different, but it'll be in the ballpark if you have uh, trip. Like I know Dave is using triple sec. Okay. Uh, and there's also um, Grand Marnier might throw it a little bit off just because it is a little bit different, different. Uh, okay. But you should be good with triple sec or um, or Cointreau. This should be good. All right. Maybe I might have to bust out my Indiana Jones bourbon for, or whiskey for that. <laughs> I know Elliot has his. Yeah. Uh, and mm. folks, again, if you're watching uh, us on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitch, you can see right there the recipe. Uh, if you are listening to the audio podcast version, that's going to be airing about a week after the live stream on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can always go to Instagram.com slash Review Cocktails. That's R-E-V-U Cocktails, where uh, you'll not only see Tom's drinks for the Top Man podcast and the MCU review, but you also post a bunch of other things. I think you posted like... Oh my God, I saw the char dog that you posted <laughs> and son of a gun. It made me hungry. That was a good day. <laughs> that was, the, 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 <laughs> it was a, well, what you didn't see is in addition to doing char dogs, I also did uh, some uh, Polish sausage on the, um, on the grill along with it, with the uh, grilled onions. That was, uh, oh. that was the second course after that. Uh, Alex, you're down in Florida, right? Yes. Have you ever been to Chicago? I have not, dude. When you, if, come to Chicago, you and I, we're gonna go to Maxwell Street. We're gonna get Polish. We're gonna get some Polishes and some char dogs, some Chicago style dogs, and and better yet, I don't know if you're a vegetarian, uh, but you will uh, a pork chop sandwich is like the oh, greatest yeah. thing. Yeah, that sounds great to me. See, Alex, I feel hold, like now you've been to Chicago because it's it's a bunch of guys talking about food that will kill you. <laughs> But slowly, but it's it's of the conversation and then some sports. It's, it's, <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a great time. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you can find the my uh, delicious home prepared uh, char dog with uh, with a with a side of 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 mai tai at revu cocktails on the Instagram app. So just go mosey on over and check that out. And a reminder, everyone watching this outside the Chicago land area that Vienna beef does deliver and will ship to your area. Vienna, you know, Vienna beef dogs aren't what they used to be though. You know, yeah, it's still good. Still good, good, but not what they used to be. I'm afraid (laughs) they're coasting on the name now. Coasting on just like Nathan's dogs aren't as good as. Oh, don't guts. Come on now. Now we're bringing New York into it. Which is a good segue to tell. Let's talk about the yeah, New York portion of this movie. Manhattan. Let's stop talking about hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we have company, gentlemen. There we, yeah, that's great. So anyway, so folks, and uh, you can also uh, see, we will also post these uh, recipes on the top, on the top men uh, Instagram. So if you go to Instagram.com slash top men in the podcast, you can see that as well. All right, so yeah, let's talk about the movie. Um, we've talked about how, we've talked about everything, but at this point, and and that's the one thing that Indy does not do. 
Okay, and let's uh let's stop it up. Put a pin in it right here, folks. If you have not seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yet, you've already heard from the entire panel. Go see it. Go see it in a theater. We think it's going to be worth your time. It's going to be worth your money. I'm going to tell you, folks, I've seen it twice. I saw it twice on IMAX. If you have an IMAX theater near you, I recommend seeing it on an IMAX. Um, I'm just I'm just biased that way. I love the big screen experience. So uh, we're gonna if you're if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the show and you don't want to be spoiled, this is where we recommend drop out. We don't mind. It doesn't hurt our feelings. We don't want to spoil the movie for you. You can always watch this video afterwards as part of the video archive again on our Facebook and YouTube pages or catch up with us next week when it's part of the audio podcast on Radio Misfits. All right. We're talking spoilers moving forward. And the first spoiler I will share is that of all the things Indiana Jones does in New York is he does not have a New York hot dog, which, but he does put on a Chicago Cubs t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you, I went, Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, is that a Cubs t-shirt? Is that, of course, it's 1969. That's where the Chicago Cubs would capture the imagination of the country until uh, the quote-unquote miracle Mets would uh, overtake them near the end of the season to win the National League pennant. Uh, but it makes perfect sense for Indiana Jones, who went to the University of Chicago. Yeah, to Chicago. Where to yell at hippies. Yell it. All right. So okay, I'm gonna. I don't want to go on. I want to let our. I want to let you guys talk because I can't. I've babbled enough. For, for the record, yelling at those particular hippies <laughs> playing Magical Mystery Tour, which is one of my least favorite Beatles songs. Well, that's my question. If you recall, the trailer played "Sympathy for the Devil." Yes. I'm really yeah. curious. Was that a change, or did they, or did they intend to save the Beatles for the feature and put the Rolling Stones in the trailer? Alex, have you heard anything about that? I haven't, but I got to say, I was a little disappointed in that change because I really liked the way it played out in the trailer. I did too. I thought it worked better. So when you get that song, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is this? You know? So. It, well, yeah, it's it a great job of, of centering you in place and jolting you out of your seat, which Magical Mystery Tour is, you know, a way softer way in. And if you've ever yeah. seen Magical Mystery Tour, much less watchable than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see Ringo yell at a fat lady for an hour? I mean, thank God they get into Space Odyssey like two, two minutes after that, because then it's like, okay, all right, now we get, we got quality David Bowie over bottom tier Beatles. <laughs> yeah, so that was a that was a little. I was a little disappointed in that change. It kind of took me by surprise because I definitely liked the sympathy for the devil mix there, because you don't hear that at all in the movie. Yeah. No, no, they didn't use it anywhere else. Alex, you know, Disney, you. Uh, we've been talking about this, especially with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, movies. Disney has needle drop money. <laughs> so there's also actually, I think this is the first I... Disney film that uses a Beatles song. We had uh, George Harrison's My Sweet Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Tom, I remember you bringing that up. But I think yeah. this is the first time we have the outright Beatles, which is another reason this movie yeah. costs so much. Does, wait, yeah. does Michael Jackson still own the rights to all the Beatles? No. Or the, the Jackson Estate still own them? Or who? No, I believe uh, Yoko, Paul, and uh, George's widow bought it back. Bought it I think back. they pulled okay. their money together. Okay. Alex, I got to ask you, 
because this was a point of contention, and you're as big an Indiana Jones fan as any of us. <laughs> what did you think about grumpy old man Indy <laughs> grabbing I, a baseball bat to yell at the hippies next door? <laughs> I thought I thought it was fitting once you realize what he's gone through. I mean, he's just miserable. His life is out of control. He's lost practically everything. So, yeah, he's just a miserable old man, you know. So and as the story progresses, I think it meant a little bit more because you start noticing little things with him that at least that I did. And it just kind of made more of an impact for me. Yeah, I think it also so much fits Harrison Ford's persona now. Like, yeah. Absolutely. The, the mid 90s, like Conan O'Brien appearances up. <laughs> Conan really leaned into the grumpy old man. And it's like that's become so much part of his persona. Yep. I think if he was less grumpy, it would have been disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This That kind of runs through a whole theme through the movie because I, I do feel like that this is the, a very much merging of the character of Her- of Indy with Harrison Ford, the, the individual. And it's it's as much, not so much the audience saying, saying to the audience, well, we need Indiana Jones in in the modern age, but it's, it's, we need Harrison Ford as India, that it, that this meant something to Harrison Ford, the oh, actor. And Harrison yeah, Ford, Tom, the I actor. Feel like that's, I think you're hitting on a great point. I feel like this is Harrison's movie more yes. than the, the other four. First of all, once Disney bought it, Lucas had no say, which um, originally Spielberg was going to direct this and it was liberating to get away from the aliens of a crystal skull. And then Spielberg dropped out and it seemed like Harrison was the one driving it, not just for the paycheck, but he truly loved this character and knew Crystal Skull wasn't a great finale. So I feel like this reflects his sensibilities more than any of the other five on the other four. That's where I get to. So one of the complaints that I was hearing from, from, you know, as, as Elliot referenced, like the, the haters and the critics who were kind of ripping on this movie, even before it came out of like, well, why does this movie exist? It's like this movie exists because clearly like you can see that Harrison Ford really cares about this character. Mm-hmm. Like this movie wouldn't exist if Harrison Ford didn't want to make it. So I, I, I kind of, I'm done with that criticism for mm-hmm. movies in general, or just labeled at franchises. This is not any franchise. This is something very different. And it's is as much as you can, you can poke holes in this movie here and there because it's, it's a movie. There's, it's, it's never going to be perfect. Da, 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 da. And I have to talk with an archaeologist friend of mine about certain aspects of uh, both archaeology in Sicily and underwater archaeology generally. But um, and how easy it is to knock over shelves in a in an archaeology archive room. More, more <laughs> along the lines of you know, uh, organic remains just do not exist for anything in underwater archaeology they're just they just don't happen um but that a lot of love went into this movie mm-hmm. especially in the important places and you can you can see that like and that's i think one reason why i talk about see it in theaters because this isn't what you think it is this is a love letter like this mm-hmm. is 100 percent. we um uh dave uh, remember, I made the comp- the comparison that this is like the no time to die of Indiana Jones films. Was that a fair comparison, do you think? Uh, I suppose, other than the fact that Indy does not, in fact, die at the end of this one. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, dude, the- Alex, just so you know, <laughs> I said 
that if Indy died at the end of this movie, I was going to riot. I was going to walk out of the theater. I was going to get up and leave before the credits rolled. I would have been pissed, pissed, pissed. When Helena punches Indy in the, you know, in the jaw to knock him out to bring him back to the present, I was the only person in the theater who busted out laughing because I was going, <laughs> thank God! Right? <laughs> I, I enjoyed that part and it made sense to me. Uh, people yeah. are losing their minds over it and I'm like, it makes sense. Yes. You know, and, it, and people that haven't even seen it that are commenting on it are don't have the context. And that's what drives me nuts. It's like yeah. you have to watch it to understand that it actually makes sense and it's a good thing. Yes. So, but there, a lot of the negativity that I see on it and I've commented with people, these people haven't even seen the movie. They're going yeah. off of what other people that have seen the movie have said and just don't have the context behind it. And it just, it drives me nuts. It's like, how are you talking bad about a movie that you haven't seen? I think so. this also feels very, uh, it, um, Alex and Elliot and, and, and John uh, and, and Dave, maybe you can answer this question. This feels like an very much like an indie movie. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like a movie with Indiana Jones in it. It feels like an indie movie. It does. I think yeah. James Mangold did a great job at capturing the spirit of Indiana Jones. And I was very, very impressed. I mean, like I said, the first 25 minutes, I want a whole other movie just like that, too. Like, if they want to do that and do the de-aging, awesome. Yeah, what was your feeling on the de- – actually, I think we should just ask everybody. What was your feeling on the de-aging? I Did loved it-, it. I thought it was great. I, that is, I mean, obviously, it's not perfect, but I wasn't looking for perfect. But it looked great. I felt very immersed in it. And, you know, for where we're at, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what it'll be like in 10 years then. Yeah, that's my that, – that brings up something I wanted to say. It, you're right. It's not the technology is not completely there. Mm-hmm. I think that go to like where we are now with um, with that technology versus like Rogue One, which I think was one of the first really big examples with with Tarkin and then supposed to be a young uh, Carrie Fisher at the end and how much better this looks. Again, it's not 100 percent there. I also think maybe from like a, a, a moral ethical standpoint, maybe it's a good thing. It's not a hundred percent there where you, where you, scary. Not, <laughs> you can't, you, you know, you can't, uh, the line is completely blurred between what's computer generated and what's, what's actual footage. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of those things where I feel like I know George Lucas got a, a lot of flack when he did like the special editions went, went back and tweaked on made a lot of unnecessary changes to, to the original star Wars films, but this is one of those things where I feel like when the as the technology progresses, I would be all for them going back in five, ten years to update this to keep mm-hmm. up with what effects are capable of in like twenty thirty five or whatever. Um, just be just to make it that much more authentic because it's it's, it's like that close. Yeah, so, I felt, yeah, I felt like it was dead on when you were looking at him, and when he moved his head, it yeah. almost. It, it almost like it wasn't it's not that it wasn't tracking but it didn't look lifelike it looked like it lagged a little bit yeah, yeah. but the, the full shots of him when like when they pull up when he smirks when he has that like oh my gosh that i'm beaten you know and i give up kind of smirk i was like that is that is 80s harrison ford absolutely oh yeah the only my one complaint about that was i don't know why they insisted on using his old voice though yeah yeah that kind of bothered me that that, very, that was very little nitpick but 
Yeah. Well, I think it's the fact that they used his voice and not a sound like I think he just doesn't sound like that anymore. It reminded no. me if, yeah. if you uh, with the DH and you remember the Irishman on Netflix, the Scorsese oh. movie with Robert De Niro. <laughs> the best, the best <laughs> review of person uh, personal work gave the best review of that. It said they can make him look young, but he still runs like an old man. <laughs> They actually used Anthony and Gruber as his body double for uh, a lot of those scenes. So, which that's who played him, a younger version of him in uh, Age of Ad- the Age of, Ad- Age of Adeline. So mm-hmm. uh, they did that, but yeah, the voice kind of threw me off for a minute, but I was like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> It still looks yeah, good. I, I feel like when you go into that scene, you you know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and and I felt the same thing, uh, Dave, about Rogue One when they did it. Like when when this you know this waxy Peter Cushing showed up, I was like, all right, you got Peter. Cushing. He was Peter cool. Cushing was waxing in Episode Four though, so it, it was, <laughs> he was winning in Episode Four. <laughs> he was not the hammer of Peter Cushing anymore. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But but yeah, I I think visually great. The the audio is a little bit jarring, and as Dave talked about, like going back in in Star Wars special editioning this, if you could find a way to digitally nineteen ninety six his voice, like I think Air if you Air Force One his voiced <laughs> his his voice, then I think I think maybe you're at the right place because it's not nineteen eighty nine indie because nineteen eighty nine indie is playing in. 1938 it's seven years after that because it's, it's like the fugitive yeah it's like the fugitive one harrison ford or air force Again, one we were saying in crystal skull it just reminds me how pissed off i am that we didn't get a 90s indiana jones movie it's uh. like you know that whole decade when he was just making thrillers and trying to find his wife or cheat on his wife or forget who his wife was <laughs> it's like he, they should have just dropped one indie movie in that run oh man yeah well, the indie movies, sure. we've already learned how difficult they are to make. And, um, you know, yeah, it was a matter of getting everyone of the principals, Spielberg, Lucas, and Ford to agree. And that was always an issue. And then there were so many people who said, okay, the moment we take George Lucas out of the equation, we're going to get a great indie movie. And, well, George Lucas wasn't involved in this one. And I see a lot of the folks are now saying, well, you know, uh, Lucas and Spielberg should have been involved in this one because this doesn't feel like an indie movie. Can't make anyone <laughs> oh, happy. Can't also, this all. took this still took eight years without Lucas. Yeah, because yeah. you know, with Crystal Skull, the story was that he was holding it back. It's like, oh, we would have gotten so many more, but you know, they announced they basically announced an indie movie when they bought Lucasfilm. They were like, good, we're going to do a lot of Star Wars movie films, and we're working on an indie film. Mm-hmm. And that was like what 2014. Yeah, yeah, 2016 was when this one was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and like late 2015 is when Force Awakens came out. Well, so COVID like, and- first Lucasfilm Disney property. Mm-hmm. Like this movie had to deal with COVID. Yes. Skull had to deal with that. Steven Spielberg really, really did not want to do the aliens thing. Yeah. So different differences. One is a global plague, and one is this really. What is George Lucas? <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> All right. One is 90s and early 2000s, George Lucas specifically. So, so another global plague. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> no, I said it. I'll say this: a phantom menace upon the world. <laughs> I, 
I do want to say though, back to the bond parallels, um, uh, and like you said, Alex, this really felt like an Indiana Jones movie, but it even more so, it felt a lot like a bond movie too. Cause mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the other, maybe with the exception of Raiders where you really got to see the whole like the country they were in you got to see everything that was going on those big Mm -hmm. wide vistas those expanses where you saw the worlds that indy was traveling through Mm -hmm. um that bit when there uh was it they were in sicily or or where were they where they the 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 funeral procession is coming through that was over that was in sicily sicily right yeah and um i was like oh this looks and when, when indy goes through the goes to the auction you know, in the in the 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 yeah. antiquities auction, and he's in his you know, he's wearing his leather jacket, his hat, the tie, which is my favorite of all the indie outfits. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Helena goes, "Oh, that hat makes you look two years younger." <laughs> <laughs> um, but other going, I knowing that Spielberg and 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 Lucas wanted to make indie Bond, you know, their own yeah. their own version of Bond. This one, mm-hmm. I think, had the most Bond feel to it. Dave, uh, am I crazy in thinking that? Um, no, I think you're. I think you're. You hit on something there. I my observation while watching the movie was that, um, you know, the the obviously the Bond movies had been around for two decades by the time the the Indiana Jones franchise started. But I was thinking like, okay, what which Bond movies do I feel like are influencing this one? And the ones that I, I felt action scene wise at least were octopusy and then skyfall you've got the the fight on top of the moving train in the the mm-hmm. sort of like the pre-title yeah. sequence or the, you know, the the very beginning of the film which is both skyfall and octopusy you have the uh chase through uh the subway system in manhattan which is skyfall uh obviously in london in that movie and then the tuk-tuk chase uh <clears throat> through egypt which is the, the big action scene early on in octopusy so i was like okay I see what you're doing here, James Mangold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have been one or two other things, but those are obviously you have the under underwater stuff as well. But mm-hmm. the um, underwater stuff, very yeah. uh, wasn't that um, uh, thunder Thunderball? That's a good thunderbore, time period, as I like to call it, thunderbore. <laughs> thunderbore. <laughs> and, I do uh, like they, the, uh, yeah. the joke about eels being. Like underwater snakes. snakes. I couldn't. I couldn't oh, help it. That, no, that was great. It was like they're kind of like snakes. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> All I could think of at that at that point is like, you know what that sound is, princess? Those are the shrieking eels. You know, every Indiana Jones has to have the, the creepy, crawly, gross animal moment. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. we're going with eels. And they were like, we got CG eels. All right, we'll throw some bugs at them later. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll just go back to bugs for two minutes. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, more, more eels are... Millipedes. More eels are actually, like, dangerous. Like, more so than, like, a lot of giant bugs and things like that look creepy, but they're not, like big giant moray eels like they'll like take a chunk of your arm out they will like do some serious damage so that i kind of understood that that the eels thing i was i felt great with that sequence like i i found myself like finding it hard to watch like the way i did when i was a little kid and something scary would come on um at the same time the 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 my master's degree was like screaming at me of like 
there's no way organic remains are are there <laughs> 2200 years in salt water it's just it's it's just it just yeah i know elliot's rolling his eyes okay thomas thomas yeah. just, just an fyi if they drag you under a truck <laughs> even if you're wearing a leather jacket okay even if you're wearing a leather jacket you're, that leather jacket ain't gonna hold together, okay? No, you do I realize they travel through time in this movie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They traveled, which is why I'm, which is why I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I I give enormous amount of breaks. Like I didn't even complain about. It's it's normally one of these. Is I'm also very specifically weird about um, Roman armor. Um, this is uh, part of my part of my background um, uh, so I'm very weirdly specific about that and I was just happy they got the shields right which is again very sp- remember I was complaining about the the languages and punch with Pancho V in the last yeah, time. That, this yeah. is my You're weird stupid <laughs> dorky 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 thing it's that understandable like, though if you have that background Alex Tom's Tom has got something to say Oh my god! Let's not get started on Temple of Doom. And, <laughs> that's, the one, and... that's the one indie. That's the one indie movie I've been, I've been, I've been positive to overflowing with enjoyment about every single movie except Temple. I've been positive about Crystal Skull. Yeah, the British Temple. Army saving the kids, not indie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually you know, go I, back and forth. Lately, I, don't... I don't know if any of you read this about Temple of Doom, but. They're saying now the thuggy cult was invented by the British to give them an excuse to take over India. And and from the rumors I'm hearing, it's one of the reasons you, we're seeing no Mola Ram in any of the merchandise. Yeah. Because they are they are heavily leveraging the trilogy, and we'll talk about the toys in a bit. The same way Crystal Skull said, we can bring the whole franchise back now. Right now they're doing Dial of Destiny in the trilogy, but uh, Lego's canceled the Temple of Doom set and the Adventure series cancel the Molaram figure mm-hmm. and I, I think it's um, the rumor is that it's like it's Disney being sensitive the way Disney does but mm-hmm. I read that in an article they were like the thuggies were even just white people saying racist <laughs> things <laughs> to, to gentrify another neighborhood with 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 most of these things it is there is there is a kernel of truth of like there is a group of there was a group of people called the thuggy that were in India was not nearly as massive and it wasn't they weren't drinking the blood of Kali which of all the things to reference like if we talk about Disney being sensitive they reference to drinking the blood of Kali in this movie they they put a direct Temple of Doom reference in this movie mm-hmm. so um, I don't know I mean it's, but it's it's one of these things where it's like they probably heard it from I mean and again like it was definitely used by the British to um steal all their stuff so you know alex you said you you go back and forth on something yeah uh whether i like crystal skull or temple of doom more mm. ah see there we I, go I, temple of doom is one of my least favorites only because of willie for the most part is the screaming <laughs> it drives me absolutely nuts but the second half of that movie is fantastic and it's some of the best cinema. That bridge scene, the minecart scene, mm-hmm. fantastic. I just have to fast forward like the first 45 minutes because I can't do the oh my god. Oh it's 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 drives me nuts, but 
<laughs> so what yeah. if they did what if they did Temple of Doom in 4DX? Oh man, I, sign me up. <laughs> I'll, walk in, I'll walk in halfway through. <laughs> that well, that being said, is it 4DX would be to, insane. for everyone to do a new ranking? Now That's that it? we have the five, should we should we do go a new ranking? We can do that. Let's say, uh, let's go in order from, uh, yeah, say, uh, go from, uh, well, Alex, lead us off. Go from your favorite to your least favorite. All right, so the first two for me are interchangeable. Depends on the mood I'm in, but it's Raiders, Crusade. I'll say Temple and Dialed and Crystal Skull. Dave. Uh, Crusade, Raiders, Temple. Dial Destiny and Crystal Skull. Tom? Um, Crusade as the favorite movie, not the better movie. Raider. Like <laughs> yeah. Favorite, not better. Favorite, personal choice. Uh, Crusade, Raiders, Dial. Um, I'd, I'd have to go probably Crystal Skull and then Temple. Ooh. Uh, just because of like, I I really tried to watch Temple. Yeah, no, you know, I, no, I, no, I, I tried to do your it. Temple of Doom. I, I, I couldn't get I, past, I couldn't get past Willie Scott. It's, it was like Alex. Thank you. That is the future Mrs. Spielberg guy. And that is how I get through Willie Scott. I go, well, Kate Capshaw seems like a nice person. <laughs> I was like, they've been married for like 35 years. I know. And that's great. And it's like, if, 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 if the price that, that Steven Spielberg had to pay for, for, for that is, 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 is the first 20 minutes of Temple of Doom, then that's absolutely worth whatever whatever issues are with the with with the movie so you know good for him that's just that's just kind of how i feel like i was able to get through and i said this of how remarkably positive what i was on the whole indie mutt thing um and uh also you know hey karen allen great awesome you know any movie with karen allen gets a bump for me john uh raiders uh crusade I'm going to put Dial, then uh, Temple, and Crystal Skull. And then Young Indiana Jones. Then, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't forget Young Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's its own thing. It's different. It's a its own boring thing. <laughs> I'm going to go Raiders, of course, then Temple, then Last Crusade. And yeah, uh, Dial of Destiny knocks uh, knocks uh, Crystal Skull down a peg. If because there are a lot of things that Crystal Skull tried to do that Dial of Destiny does and succeeds. Mm -hmm. um, You're almost the, chronological, Elliot. Almost, yeah. Well, but you know, remember we were talking about we were talking about the the Crystal Skull and how the exposition felt like exposition mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when I would watch a couple bits, you know, they would release bits of um, Dial of Destiny in different, you know, um, formats like on YouTube or wherever. And I go, hmm, that does feel like Dial, uh, that does feel like Crystal Skull to me. So I was a little concerned that they were going to make the same mistake with the with the exposition. But no, they did it way better this time. The exposition did not feel like it. Yeah. Um, 
and it was like more and also the performances were just way better yeah. um the, yeah. the 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 chemistry between harrison ford and phoebe uh walter bridge walter bridges was just um was great they were wonderful together um it's and i'm gonna tell you action too yeah Some and i for once yes and i thought mads uh Mikkelsen was a, a more a better realized villain than even like um Svalko in in crystal skull 100 oh yeah um and I, i'm gonna and i'm to bring us to this next bit uh the the thing about mutt um I I was spoiled on that. I was spoiled on the fact that Mutt dies in Vietnam by a freaking Entertainment Weekly article. Ooh. Oh, that you were posting don't read the Entertainment Weekly. Yes. So I didn't. Yeah. Um, they said it in the first paragraph. They say what happens to Mutt, which pissed me off because I know uh, James Mangold, they were very vague. They said, we address what happens to Mutt, but, you know, they ex- explain it. And um, but then boom, they say what it is, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" It that's like when they, remember when they used to say the beaver died in Vietnam? You know, Jerry Mathers went to Vietnam and was killed. And we're going, did they Jerry Mathers mutt? <laughs> <laughs> I was telling I was telling Elliot the there was I was reading some you know joke people were cracking about how like it could have very well been. The way that they explained his absence could have very well been like a Poochie died on his way home yeah. to his type moment. But the scene where Harrison Ford is explaining, you know, if I can go back in time, what I would change. It's so heartfelt and he delivers it with such, oh, it's just a punch in the gut that any sort of like, you know, yeah. fodder for parody that that scene could potentially become is out the window because it's just such a great moment of acting. Oh, yeah. But- it made perfect sense to me, though, because, again, yeah. Mutt only knew he only knows Indy like as his father until way later, like he's mm-hmm. already an adult. He, he even says that at the very end of Crystal Skull, he goes, you know, the, the, you know, Indy says, well, why don't you stick around? And he goes, well, why didn't you, dad? <laughs> and so that kind of foreshadows kind of a friction between the two of them that, you know, would happen. And of course. Uh, the same thing would happen with Indy and his own father. You know, Indy, you talk about uh, young Indiana Jones. He went up and enlisted, joined the Belgian army, uh, at, you know, kind of pissed off his own father. So <laughs> it made sense for that cycle to repeat itself. And how many, um, how many parents, you know, families lost their kids in Vietnam. So while I was kind of sad that we wouldn't, see more of that it it just thematically made sense to me mm-hmm. yeah i think it was i think it was making applesauce out of rotten apples because <laughs> you know you know shia is unhirable now yeah. and uh mutt was not a popular character but he's out there you know he you know he's the scrappy do of indiana jones so it would have been very easy to write him off in one line but to make that as you said elliot part of the thematic quality and to be the reason that he's estranged from marion uh, I yeah. because that's his character arc in this. His character arc is accepting who he is now and letting go of the past. Um, mm. You know, which is smacks you right in the face when he has to go back to the past and tries to stay there. It it became this huge underpinning of the whole story for something that has a production reason. And mm. I, I that really impressed me. There, there are two things I will not harbor on this show: dissing Temple of Doom. And Scrappy Doo. 
Are Damn you it. Scrappy Doo and Temple of Doom on the same level? <laughs> I love Scrappy Doo. That's like putting Bride of Frankenstein and the Groovy Ghoulies together. <laughs> oh man! Oh. All right. Uh, let's go into more things. Uh, Alex, what were some of your favorite parts of this movie? I mean, as with everybody else, the like I said, the opening sequence, fantastic. And I just loved seeing where he was now and how he progressed through it and what we got in the end. You know, I feel like part of the MacGuffin was actually him trying to find himself. So that stood out to me. And this movie was definitely a lot deeper than our previous movies and it's a very James Mangold thing to do. And it really made you think versus like the other ones you go there, it's a popcorn flick. This one had more emotion to it for me. And I really, really liked it. It still felt like an Indiana Jones movie, but with more emotional ties to it, which I appreciated because of obviously his age and we're seeing him at the end, you know? So that really, had a huge impact on me and just, you know, watching him. If you notice, you hear his full theme at the beginning of the movie. Then you don't hear the Indiana Jones theme, except for like maybe little bits here and there. But then as the movie progresses, you hear it more and more in full. And you also see him smile a lot more. So you feel like he's actually back. And, and I, I really picked up on that. And I really, really liked how they did that. Uh, Dave. Uh, favorite moments in the movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the opening scene was great. Um, I, I loved the, the, <laughs> it's a little over the top, but I mean, it, 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 I think it's right at home with the indie franchise, the, the horseback chase through Manhattan, through the parade. I thought that was very cool. Um, I mean, really all the action scenes, uh, I think they, they, you know, they, they did a really good job with, and just about any scene, you know, where, where Harrison Ford gets a chance to shine, uh, acting wise is, was just, I think one of the highlights of the movie. And the ending, really. I mean, um, I know one of the criticisms of this movie was that, you know, why does why does Indy have to be this? Why do we have to see now with these sort of legacy sequels, with the exception of Top Gun Maverick, um, these legacy sequels where like our heroes who we like to picture in their prime as these sort of like husks of who they used to be when they're older men and just kind of like depressed and, and, and uh, miserable. And yeah, that's where Indy is at the beginning, but he's at a better place at the end of the movie. And I think that's the, that's the, the most important thing. Like if he ended up, if the movie ends with him in the exact same place where he was at the start, then I think he, that that argument holds a lot more weight, but he's in a better place. Um, he has this, you know, he's back uh, with Marion and he has this, family sort of with Helena that he didn't previously have obviously mutt being gone. You can't, there's, you know, that's still a huge loss that you can't really do anything about, but he still is in a better place. So it is a happier ending than if he had just stayed in the exact same place he was at the, at the beginning of the movie, once we get to the, the 1969 portion. So uh, I thought it ended on a, on a really high note. Tom. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh to mention two things um one is i really enjoyed the twist with the 
the actual time travel of how the Nazi super scientist screwed up his math. I'm like, you didn't account for Continentals, you idiot. It's like, it's it, it, because they've been building up his characters. Like he like designed the rockets that put the man on the moon. He's this like super scientist. He's someone who has this antiquary. He immediately knows the spear of Longinus is a fake at the beginning of the movie, just like Indy does. So they're setting him up as someone who is intellectually on par with Indy in terms of his historical knowledge. And then you add all the scientific knowledge. He's like, well, I'm not an, I'm not an archeologist. I'm a physicist. And then he's like working with the U S government and he's in the space program and all that stuff. And he screws up the calculation. He's all ready to go back to the 1930s. He's in his full uniform and, and everything like that. It's like, you miscalculated, you royally screwed up. And then they show up at the sea of Syracuse and their HE-111 is getting just pinged by like Roman catapult. This is taken down by Iron Age technology. And it's like, I mean, I love it when they, this series, you know, Indiana Jones is one of the great anti-fascists of, of, in American history. And the way they just stick it to the Nazis on this is just, is just great of like, not only do they suck, but they're stupid and incompetent too. <laughs> and that's like, that's well, they always dig in the wrong place. They choose poorly. They, they dig in the wrong they place. They choose, to drift. they choose they always do something arrogant and stupid. They do something arrogant and stupid that winds up dooming them. And I remember thinking in the theater, like watching it, it's like, that is just perfect. That is perfectly in keeping with this franchise, with what it does <laughs> in terms of the hubris of the villain causing their downfall is just fantastic. Uh, And then um, the, the final reuniting with Marion, the playing of the everything hurts scene in reverse um, with the John Williams score. I started to cry in the theater. It was just, it it was, it was just, uh, it was just perfect. Um, You know, um, and uh, acted wonderfully by by uh, Harrison Ford and Karen Allen. And uh, I'm sure when I see it next time, whether it's on digital or if I see it in the theater, I'm sure it'll do the same thing. So I've seen the movie twice, and it gets to me both times. It still yep. gets to me seven times here. <laughs> tell you, Karen Allen was wearing a wig, make her her hair look all great. Oh, she can still get it. <laughs> she can still get it. <laughs> Uh, oh, we've got a, someone's chiming in. Uh, Alex! Yeah, you have a fan out there, Alex. You have brought the joy back for Indiana Jones. Uh, yes. Seen it four times already. Oh, yeah. Ash Williams, uh, one of our regular viewers, is asking, is this live or is this Memorex? We're live, Ash. We're live right now. Um, that's where we are. Uh, we're talking live. You're watching the live stream of in uh, top men and Indiana Jones podcast here on Facebook live and on YouTube and Twitch TV. We are joined by Indiana Jones, super fan. <coughs> Excuse me, Alex. I had a cough <laughs> drop in me and that's making me cough. <laughs> but anyway, uh, who if you look behind him, you know what I'm gonna do real quick, folks, so you can get an idea. Let me um <laughs> wait, hold on, let me um highlight you here so everyone can see. Would you mind take giving us a little tour of your uh 
of your uh, museum yeah. there. Can you no, do that? Fine. Absolutely. All right. Let's see here. I don't know if I can flip this around or not. Uh, we can do it like this. So, all right, we'll start here. I just got this huge standee from a uh, local theater. The manager gave it to me. That was fun bringing home. And I got my original posters there. All of them are originals. And let's see. You got the map room diorama there. That's one of my favorite pieces right there. I had that and couldn't find a shelf that fit on it. So I ended up selling it. Oh, I'm, yeah, amazed, I'm impressed you found a table for it. I, I was very fortunate to find that because I when I had it, it was on the floor and I hated it being on the floor. So I measured it and found one and it looks pretty good. So I got my Karen Allen personalized autograph there. Here's those cups I was talking about. Got all those there. These are actually from Flix. Is it a yeah, Flix Brewhouse. I really, really like these. So those were hard to find. And then uh, the premiere original scripts there. Another personalized autograph from uh, John Reese Davies. And the Kotobukiya dioramas here. This is the Shop Disney Idol. This is a sideshow, I believe it was a sideshow, one-six scale arc. Present Toys, one-six scale figure. And, uh, oh man, I love this guy. This is from Sideshow. Another Kotobukiya. And then my favorite statue here, the premium format from Sideshow. And then this, uh, that other diorama there from Sideshow. All that stuff there is a lot to go over. And then... As you can see, like I said, I've been stocking up on the retro figures. And I've got the Holy Grail Chalice from Regal Robot, one of my favorite pieces there. They were actually kind enough to send this to me to review early. So that was a timed edition. 499 of those will be made because that's how many were ordered. So... There's that. I got a Mads Mickelson autograph. Ah, Mads Mickelson autograph here. Dr. Jurgen Voller. We got all the Funko Pops there. Let's see here. Uh. Hey, Alex. Yeah. So one of the things we always cover on the show is the merchandise for each film. And as we oh. were saying before, uh, a lot of the merchandise coming out has been franchise-specific in the trilogy. What is your favorite thing that's Dial of Destiny-specific that's come out? That's come out for that? Hmm. Where is it? Have you scored one of the six-inch figures? For Dial of Destiny? Yeah. Yes, I got the Helena Shaw that I haven't opened yet because I'm going to do an unboxing video on that one. You haven't got the indie? I haven't got the indies on his way. All right. Um, I got that from Big Bad Toy Store. I have that pre ordered. I got the shipping notification there now, uh, already. So cool. And then, so for Dial of Destiny, I got to say, the because we, I like the figures that are coming out, but I don't have it in hand. Mm -hmm. What did we? What have we really gotten from that? Not 
not, I like the Funko Pops that we got. I'm not, a, I used to collect a lot of them, but then I just kept it to Indiana Jones because it was just getting completely out of hand. Yeah, my so. girlfriend collects Funko Pops and she just stopped dead six months ago. Yeah, she, like, I, no, no more. She did. I, we, we got her Indiana Jones, uh, Henry Jones Sr. and Marion. She's like, that's it. I'm good. And it was probably the first it. pop she had bought in eight months. Oh, man. The house is full of them. Yeah. I, I sold off a lot of them because I just – I couldn't keep up. So I was like, I'm just going to stick to the Indiana Jones one. So I was happy that we got a ton more of those. Um, I do have a lot of the six-inch figures down here. I do have a map room indie that I got. So uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Because yeah, I'm still waiting for that one to show up. Yeah, Elliot's very nervous about the map room. I'm, I'm wondering if I need to order another one from overseas because I have not heard anything regarding it. And what it's a, completely off Target's website. It's so now. strange. I mean, Target was the only retailer that really stocked them, uh, brick and mortar. They put them on clearance already. And yeah. uh, they're having widespread website issues to begin with. But it seems like... Seems like they were the only ones to pick up the line and the first ones to drop it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. I think we'll, I, I'm sure we will see it. I just don't know when or where. So uh, I know Target does like their semi annual clearance sale. So I think, I don't think it has anything to do with how they're selling. I think that's just what, because there's Legos that are 50% off now too. Wow. So I will say sometimes Hasbro Pulse steps in and picks up old exclusives if they have the stock and they'll put it up there. I got a feeling that's where we'll end up seeing it because they're overseas readily available, but yeah. they're just not here yet. So I don't think it's canceled. A lot of people are saying it's canceled. I do not think it's canceled. They've made them. They're out there. We're just waiting for them to be shipped here. So um, when you say dial Destiny merchandise, I don't have a whole lot of that yet, but my favorite things that I've gotten from that, this is a mm -hmm. uh, crew. Uh, this was a crew gift from uh, the people that worked on the movie. Oh, that wow. I was able to pick up. So it's one of those um, bags that they had. If you notice in the beginning of the movie when on the train, this is kind of styled after that bag that he had. So a bunch of the crew that worked on the movie got this. Uh, so that was really cool. And then I also have a hat. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get this here. There's the crew hat, official crew hat right there from Dial of Destiny. Oh, cool. That I was able to get. And uh, yeah. Um, Alex, what was this room before it was Indiana Jones? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very, I guess, uh, OCD when it comes to like organization. I have a ton more stuff, but a lot of it's in storage. I like that clean, you know, look. So this whole wall was Indiana Jones. Then... This whole wall was Star Wars. As you can see, I oh, have okay. the Wiggle Robot spot up there. And then I have three favorite franchises, which was Star Wars, Indiana Jones. And then, of course, I won't get rid of this. That's my Marvel wall right there. So that's, that's really cool. That's what that is for now. So, but yeah, um, I got these art prints from J.J. Lendl. I really love those. That's an original Indiana Jones adventure uh, printer's proof signed by Drew Struzan from Disneyland. Uh, that's number three out of 50. Only 50 of those were made available. So that's a really, really awesome item that I absolutely love. And then, of course, my grail piece is Harrison Ford's autograph right there. And uh, Jock Lindsay, Fred Sorensen. I met him at uh, his hangar bar in Disney Springs and hung out with him for a few hours, had some drinks. 
that was really cool. He, uh, he actually officiated one of my friend's uh, uh, vow renewals. So that was an awesome experience. And then here's uh, actually some uh, Indiana Jones bourbon. That I haven't cracked that open yet. I really like that. And... Elliot, does that beat your Jack, your vintage Jack Daniels label that you put uh, on? Yeah, I'm dying here. I'm dying. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of this stuff. Alex has been sharing it on his Instagram as he's been getting it. And again, I, I am just dying of envy here. The oh, You've got monkey brains. I do. Uh, there's a funny story of that, actually. I've got a San Carstone here signed by Key. Right there that I got from my friend um, Stefan. He uh, was able to get that for uh, send that over for me. Um, little indie candle. These are really cool. I was invited by Lucasfilm to an Indiana Jones private Indiana Jones event a uh, few weeks ago. So I got this personalized Indiana Jones bag, and then I got this that they were sending out to influencers. So. Uh, the people at Lucasfilm, I had inquired about that, and they had one at that private event and saved it for me. So I'm very grateful for this. This thing is fantastic. Uh, let me see. Yeah, here's the monkey brains. There's a funny story about this. Is I ordered this, and I'm not going to put the name out there or anything like that. Uh, but I did an unboxing video on it, and the person that made it, which I understand, uh, got really upset. Got really upset with me because I increased their workload, <laughs> <laughs> and because people ordered it, and he was also upset because he was afraid Disney was going to find them and obviously give them a season desist. So I untagged Disney from everything, but he got pretty upset with me uh, about the video, and so it was just a very very odd experience because I praised the, the, his work. Uh, in this video it's it's fantastically done um so i as requested i won't put the name out there but yeah it's it's uh i'm sure if you do a google search it'll it'll come up uh i highly recommend it it's it's fantastic uh very well made so and then let me see down here i've got the club 33 mugs actually i had a friend who I won't name either because they might get hounded that actually knew somebody at club 33 and sent these to me at no charge. Oh, wow. That, I, that, that's one of my grail pieces too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause these go for like three, four, this one alone yep. goes for like three, $400 online. Yep. And so when he sent me this one first and then he's like, Hey, I got the purple one. Do you want that one too? And I'm like, sure. Let me send some money. He's like, Nope, Nope. I got it. So they, I've just met some really fantastic people in this indie community and they've helped me out, and I just couldn't be more grateful. Um, I got the obelisk right there from the ride, which I've never been on in California. I need to go do that. So Yeah, that's uh, driven me crazy that they have the Stunt Spectacular in Florida, but they yeah. have, have the ride in California. Oh, Ugh. the Stunt Spectacular is fantastic. I'm actually going to be going on my second backstage tour here soon. Um, that How far are you from Orlando? Uh, about an hour and a half. Oh, that's not bad. So we're annual pass holders, so we go almost every weekend, and they see us. They're like, okay, here you go, VIP, like right <laughs> in the front rope section. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> but we love everybody there at that stunt show. They treat us great every single time. We talk to them afterwards. So I've gotten a backstage tour once, and then Kevin Brassard, who is the original Indiana Jones stunt actor for the show, the first one to play Indy, is going to give us uh, a more exclusive uh, back 
backstage tour. So that's coming up. And, uh, my friend, uh, Brandon, Trader Brandon, Brandon Clayla, he's got some uh, mugs over there that I have. And thanks to him, he is the one that got me to the red carpet premiere. Uh, unbeknownst to me, he kind of surprised me with that. I'm very, very grateful for him and helping me get that opportunity. And then from that have sprung uh, quite a few more opportunities. So, but yeah. Uh, and then I got the Lego set that I'm still putting together uh like two months later i just don't have the time to do it i have two of the big temple sets down there i said i bought two of each of everything that i possibly could yeah i had the 2008 temple set and i tried rebuilding it i like i took the book out and then opened the bin of a pile of bricks and then realized (laughs) i wasn't gonna live long enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got that one right there but the other one's fantastic i just need to put it together and find the time to do it i've gotten like little pieces here and there but uh yeah. Um, once I get a chance to sit down and do that, I'll definitely be doing that. And well, yeah. That's... Sh- thanks for showing us all that, Alex. You're getting some comments right now about your collection. <laughs> oh, First from know. Jeffrey. Thanks, Alex, for all your oh, videos and your love for Indy. So happy to see so many great opportunities come your way. So deserved. Uh, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've chatted with him a few times. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, oh wait, you, just... you might want to hear this one. Uh, Demetrios says, "Hello, Alex. My name is Demetrios. I'm also an indie fan, slowly building my collection myself. If you want any movie displays for the current indie movie playing, let me know. I know a couple of theaters that are giving them away." Whoa! Actually, I'm looking for just the indie. Uh, there's that huge indie display, but there's him at, on the side of it. I'm looking for just the part with him. So, Dandy. The standee of him. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to fit that huge one in, in here. And the wife will disown me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, uh, if if you're able to help me get that standee of just him, that's part of that huge one, uh, that would be fantastic. He's sending his number, Alex. <laughs> yeah, he, he just sent the text. And I'm not going to put it up here because I don't want Demetrius oh, we all to want to call flooded Demetrius. with texts. Yeah. So uh, he's just, giving things away. Let's I know. send me hey. send me a send me a message on uh, Facebook and I'll I'll uh, get back. He to can you. send you some Barbie stuff, Elliot. Oh uh, yes, that'd be great. Hey, Demetrius, how about me? Can I get some <laughs> some display stuff? I've been getting stiffed. I've been getting stiffed everywhere. I ju- I finally got the patch. Damn it. <laughs> i have to go pick those up i have a i have a couple waiting for me at the theater so because i went to go i had plans to already go see it in 40x when i found out that was happening so uh yeah um uh, that's the one thing i'm looking for other than that i don't think i can fit much else <laughs> well so. folks again now for those of you who've been watching us live on facebook youtube and twitch um That's been a hell of a collection that, again, I am incredibly envious of. (laughs) Uh, If you're listening to this, the audio version of Top Men, and you're unable to see, uh, again, Alex is a really impressive collection, which, dude, I really do hope you have that stuff insured. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, uh, You can always go to our YouTube and Facebook pages Click on the video archives to watch the uh, recording of this video live stream and see all the cool stuff that we share uh, as part of a video that you missed just listening to our 
voices as you're driving home or doing the dishes or whatever you're doing when you're watching this show. Anyway, uh, let's get back into the movie again. Uh, well, we're getting up to that time where let's bring this baby home. Uh, some final thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Dave, you have been, as always, really quiet. I want to get you to chime up a bit. I think you're exaggerating how quiet I've been. <laughs> <laughs> like I had, I had more to say about this one than, than the last couple. Um, but, uh, no, I, I thought this was an enjoyable movie. I wish it was doing a little bit better in theaters. Um, don't listen to the haters. I mean, you're not obligated to love this movie, but to, to, you know, write it off as some disaster, um, not worth seeing in theaters is, is doing a, a huge disservice to the film itself. Um, when we were just to go back to, you know, the discussion of ranking the five films, I'm always hesitant to rank, especially with a newer film compared to a series of films that, that have been out for most of them been around for decades to rank it, have it leapfrog several films. I think that's sort of like a, a recency bias thing. So I'm curious if we have this discussion, you know, five or 10, 10 years from now, <laughs> if, <laughs> if the rankings will, will remain the same the way that you currently have them. But um at least for me now, I'm comfortable. At the very least, it's it's better than Crystal Skull, which I do enjoy to an extent. Um, I'm not quite ready to say it's it is superior to any of the original three, but it's I think it's a much more satisfying ending um, for Indy's character than what we saw with with Crystal Skull. I mean, let's face it, uh, sequels. I mean. Uh... Alien 4, anyone? remember? Everyone, no one wants to think about that. I don't remember it because I forced myself not to remember it. <laughs> <clears throat> well, how about you, uh, Alex? Any final thoughts? I, this is a movie that needs to be seen in theaters. Uh, I know, like I, we've talked about it, there's a lot of negativity out there surrounding this movie. I, I'm willing to bet 75% of the negativity is from people who have not even seen the movie. They, they don't, every time I have a conversation, I'm not going to waste my money on that movie. Well, so don't listen to the haters of this movie. And when you go into this movie, you need to kind of put your mind mindset in the, I'm going to escape reality for a little bit. Stop picking out the little, little tiny things that just will ruin that movie for you or moment for you. It's not meant, this movie's not meant to win Oscars. It's meant to just go have fun. And that's exactly what it did for me. I wanted a movie that's going to give me adventure, fun, emotion. And I got every single one of those things. And then some, and is every movie perfect? No. And the people complaining about reshoots newsflash, every movie has reshoots, every single one. And so I, I just, it really, you know, kind of saddens me that there's all this negativity about it. But I, everyone that I've spoken to that has actually gone and seen it said, wow, this is actually better. I don't know what this film these people have seen if they're saying this kind of stuff. So go see it in theaters. I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. I know there's going to be people that may not like it, and that's fine. And everyone's going to have different opinions. And one thing I don't want to see on social media is just because someone has a different opinion, you doesn't mean you need to name call them or verbally attack them. We can have a conversation about it. 
And I see a lot of that toxicity out there. And I, I don't want to see that. Like, let's just have a conversation. Let me see your views. Why didn't you like it? It's okay if you didn't like it. I get it. But I liked it. And that's what matters to me. Let's talk about it, you know? So I, like I said, go see it in theaters. I think you'll be fully, I think you'll be very surprised if you haven't seen it yet. And can we please stop calling the movie woke? Oh my gosh. I hate that word. (laughs) Some people have a problem with a movie that hates Nazis. (laughs) That tells you a lot about it. Which which also has American Nazi sympathizers. I think a lot of people are Mm -hmm. kind of forgetting that point too. Yeah. That, that everybody around Voller was an American who yeah. were in yeah. the oh, but, yeah, before we forget, by the way, Boyd Holbrook is James Mangold's silver bullet. Yeah. Because he just he blew it away in uh Logan. He's fantastic in this. He's great, yeah, and, he's great here. And if you haven't seen the Netflix Sandman, he plays the Corinthian in the Netflix <laughs> oh, Sandman. Oh yeah. And he that scene it. in the plane when he starts shooting at the Romans. I- <laughs> He has no reason to do that. I'm like, like, what are you doing? I laughed so hard, but it was great, you know? Oh, man. He's my my pick to be the Felix Leiter of the next Bond series. (laughs) He would be the the closest to the Felix Leiter of the Fleming books. He's got the look. I believe he's Texan. Uh, He'd be great. Pair him with whoever winds up being the the seventh Bond actor, and I'm on board. That's pretty good. (laughs) Tom, it's good. Like I, I, I kind of don't know how else to to describe it. It's, it's. I mean, I think, I think it's good. Like no reservations or caveats or like. I mean, we've all said it's like, well, you know, it's it's meant for the big screen, and you need to like, you need to. It's something to be experienced, and it's better than the last one, and and all, all of these like looking to almost grade it on a curve it's like you don't have to grade it on it's good it's just a good movie like like 100 like, like i i i enjoyed the heck i enjoyed the heck out of it and i i felt that there was a lot that was very much in keeping with um with the series and with with the characters that are in it uh, we haven't even talked about sala how much it's nice to see him again mm-hmm. it's also great of course that he mentions the 1956 suez crisis which happens to be the one where the egyptians embarrassed the americans and the british <laughs> um so asala being a bit of a very egyptian in that moment i thought it was was just you know you know that's just a great little touch there um <laughs> but but it's it's good like i i, I mean i don't I can talk about specific sequences that work for me or, or parts where, where, you know, I could feel, feel an emotional hit, like, um, you know, the little trap sequences are very good and all you know, that, you know, I could talk about the details, but it's just, it's good. It's, it's just good as on its own, on its own merits. Like I don't have to grade it on a curve and say that it's better than crystal skull. It's just mm-hmm. good. So yeah, see it. You're not going to have any regrets about it. It's good. Hey, uh, Alex, uh, Demetrius says he sent you a Facebook message. So um, I'll get two of those standees if I can. Just get two. Send one my way. <laughs> John. I don't see how this movie could be uh, any better. Uh, you're taking a franchise that's 40 years old, that's beloved. Your lead actor is 80 years old. 
and you're building an action adventure around them, you have to touch every single thing that made the franchise great. And you're not Picard season three. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, we, uh, talk, we talked about that, right? That Indy had to follow up on, on that emotional send off. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Picard season three, maybe the best thing I've seen all year because it just, it just took you there with Indy. We're further away. It's harder to, there's a less depth uh, of a character bench there. There's, it's more about him being alone, but this movie touches everything from John Williams score to the way the set pieces are designed to how smart he is, to how grumpy he is, uh, to how over his head he is. Every single thing that I love about this franchise is handled really well. And it does things that the franchise has never done before. So it doesn't repeat itself. Um, it has the supernatural ending, which always stretches credibility. You know, I still don't buy the Grail Knight sitting there for 800 years. <laughs> for some reason, that always goes a step too far for me. And the way I feel about it is that Raiders is, is a perfect movie. It's my favorite movie. It probably always will be. Every sequel is flawed. But uh, every sequel is still a pretty good movie. So I can't say, oh, this is better than Raiders or this is going to be as good as Raiders. And we've all said it's better than Crystal Skull. It's a really good Indiana Jones movie. And uh, this is the end of Harrison Ford's victory lap. You know, he did one last Han Solo. And Dave, to your point where people are like, oh, Indy is just so depressed. Han Solo has like a broken marriage and a strange son. And he's just out doing the same thing he was always doing with Chewbacca. Then we had uh, Blade Runner 2049, which I just rewatched. And you want to talk about depressed. Deckard is living in Vegas alone. There is no one in that city. And he gets to go from Vegas to go see his daughter who lives in a plastic bubble. That's his arc. This is so much more hopeful and positive mm -hmm. than that. Uh, like, like, I, like I was saying earlier, and I feel like uh, I keep coming back to this. This is Harrison Ford's movie. This, uh, this is everything he wanted to do. And honestly, it's everything I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And I really don't have much more to add. Uh, I'll add one thing, if I can. Go on. I like how this movie didn't beat you over the head with nostalgia. I love nostalgia, but it does not be. It has little subtle things in there, but it, it was very tastefully done. And I really appreciated that. They didn't rely on nostalgia to make this a good movie. Yeah, and again, the, going back to what we were saying, Ellie and I keep talking about Picard season three. I don't know what, whether you've seen that or not, Alex, but every, the, Indiana Jones is the same thing where when it brings the nostalgia in, it's to support the new story that it's telling. Yes. It's not just, it's not just member berries. It's like we've created a new story and these things will help it. Yes, 100%. It's very – the detail behind that, I really, really appreciate it. I mean even just putting you know, the, the, the leap of faith picture just on the wall – it's there, but it's not like in your face, like I'm going to beat you over the head with it, you know, type, type stuff. I really appreciated that. Well, uh, didn't have nostalgia, but uh, Ash Williams, Joe Biden says it did need more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got the, I've drank the blood of Kali. <laughs> Been tortured well, by voodoo. It's more cowbell. <laughs> I feel like Mads Mickelson would have made a good producer of <laughs> Don't Fear the Reaper. 
<laughs> All right. Alex, thank you so much for Thanks for having this me. Evening. This was a blast. Thank you. You uh, Thank you for sharing with us. I, I'll tell you, it gives me a big thrill to see a, an Indiana Jones fan like yourself uh, having so much fun and getting to do all these things and being recognized. Um, again, I'm really envious, but I'm living vicariously through you, my friend. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm glad that I can I can do that for you guys and everyone that's been following me on this insane adventure. I got a couple other things coming. I'm actually going to be having a giveaway soon. This is the first time I've announced that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I partner up with somebody and it's going to be a uh, Indiana Jones themed giveaway. So cool. And Alex, if, if we're not following you online, how do we follow you? Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm on all the social media platforms. You can find me there. And I mean, that's about it. I'm just, I'm getting, I'm actually pretty new to this. So <laughs> uh, what's your handle on Instagram? I know it's a, it's, it's a Alex Arnold 88. Alex Arnold 88. Yes. Um, and then, of course, find you do a search for your name on Facebook. All that. Yep, should come right up. You see, is once you see all the Indiana Jones stuff, there I am. Yeah, so, I'll be following then, you. I'm going to enter in that giveaway. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It'll be on Instagram. But again, uh, if you get a second standee, you know, <laughs> we should talk. <laughs> Tom, you how, can, how can we follow you, Tom, on the on the socials? Uh, well, you can find the Manhattan Destiny and all the cocktails we do for this show and for the MCU review at REVU Cocktails on the Instagram app. Dave? I am on Instagram at Pinto underscore Noir. Why should we be following you? Uh, you can see me post lots of uh, pictures and videos of my little goblin of a dog. He's in my He's my short round. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And also, we'll be announcing the return of Shaken Not Heard uh, soon. We got, we've, we're going to be bringing that baby back. Uh, we'll see, and you'll see why soon enough. John. Uh, I'm at none of my book on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm, I'm basically a lurker at this point. You can follow Caffeinated Comics, the audio podcast of this. And in fact, if you're listening to the audio podcast of this, go and watch the video podcast because that's the only way you can see Alex's room. Uh, <laughs> But Cabinated Comics, you can find anywhere you find podcasts. Um, we're starting to dip our toe more into video. Not only do we have Top Man and MCU, but we're starting to do uh, little one-offs. We just had an episode with Jamie Benning and Justin Berger, who wrote the timeline of Return of the Jedi. And that's on YouTube. Uh, Elliot, you and I interviewed Doug Drexler, who was uh, creating the ships for Star Trek. Um, that's on YouTube. So we're, it's not something we do every week, but it's something we do when it's when it's someone really worth talking to. Um, but other than that, we're on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, so you can subscribe there. And again, remember, if you go to our Facebook or YouTube pages, click on the video tabs or archive. On, on YouTube, you go to the live tab, and you'll see all the episodes for both the MCU Review and Top Men. Alex, you're a Marvel fan. We should have you back to talk about some Marvel films. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, who's, I'm a huge Marvel. Who's your favorite fan. character, Alex? Iron Man. Oh, he's dead now. <laughs> Where are we are now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna say whatever character will. will uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm a little bummed about that, but I keep hearing some rumors that uh, we might we might see something of him again. So we'll we'll, we'll see. There is a multiverse so, out there. Yeah. It, exactly. 
Um, and of course, you can follow me on the socials at Elliot Serrano with two L's, two T's, and two R's for John Clark, Dave Pino, Pino Alex Arnold, and Thomas Jetner. I've been Elliot Serrano. This has been Top Men and Indiana Jones podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, like our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, share wherever you can. You got a favorite episode? Uh, give us a share. Find the podcasts on Radio Misfits. Rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a rating and uh, share your favorite episode. Help uh, this program grow. Uh, again, Top Men is part of the Caffeinated Comics series here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. So until next time, remember, it belongs in a museum. Or in Alex's room. Or in Alex's room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>